0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Okay, today it's exciting. Now, we're talking about uh, the flu shot, but also the, the philosophical applications of flu, flu season. Now, if you want to just blindly go into trusting the medical authorities and don't do any research, that's Okay. Um, But just realize that 40% of all vaccines given are for the flu. They start you off at six months old, and and that's when you are supposed to get your first flu vaccine. 60% of all the vaccine injuries reported to the vaccine adverse event reporting systems are for the flu. So there might be better ways to do this. So now in the culture that we're living in, uh, the Chicago Tribune last week, September 24th, the doctors literally took a newborn baby from their parents because they refused a vitamin K shot. Okay, now get this. This is not a vaccine, folks. This is a vitamin K shot. Now, this is not uh, these parents. They're not anti-vaxxers. They're, you know, labeling whatever you want, maybe pro-science or pro-kids. This is their fifth child. Uh, they had agreed, and they even signed a waiver confirming their wishes that the baby, their fifth child, not receive the vitamin K shot based on their belief that uh, God's creation isn't automatically deficient or flawed at birth. Uh, I know, crazy. Um, <laughs> but it's the, the nurse literally took the child away from them, okay, and they had to endure it. Now, figured this is their fifth child. Their second child, they say they didn't want a blood screening or eye ointment. The eye ointment was more than likely the silver nitrate poured into the eyes of the child, which is the first antibiotic, and it's only if the mother has gonorrhea, even though it's done to every child. So evidently, this couple actually did the research and said, look, you know, we are got a monogamous relationship here, and there is no way that our kid is going to have gonorrhea, so it's not needed. Uh, and I, I love that the director, okay, of, uh, of the Child Protection Welfare, the policy is basically if we get a complaint about vitamin K and the denial, we should determine the risk to the child and the culpability of the parent. My God, where, where are parent decisions Uh, they're gone. Now, you could look at the British Medical Journal, 1992, Childhood Cancer and Intramuscular Vitamin K. So they actually did a study to see, because there has been a rise in cancers, and vitamin K shot has been implicated in it. And what they found, here, let me read this. Only two studies so far have examined the relationship between childhood cancer and intramuscular vitamin K shots have shown similar results. The relationship is biologically plausible. The prophylactic benefits against hemorrhagic disease are unlikely to exceed the potential adverse effect from intramuscular vitamin K. Since the oral vitamin K has major benefits but no obvious adverse effects, uh, this could be the prophylactics of choice. End of quote. So the British Medical Journal says it does make sense that vitamin K may be linked to cancer. Um, so not, no longer is it just um, vaccines. You have to be following the party line. Okay, now this this whole talk is going to be on the flu, flu shots, flu vaccine, and your immune system response. But I was watching this YouTube video and. It was mind-bogglingly stupid. It had two physical therapists and a pharmacist talking about ibuprofen, Advil, turmeric, and Tylenol. And so I watched it, and I'm thinking, you know, I'd be curious at their input. Just like all medical procedures, they're only looking at the effect they're looking for. They're not looking at side effects. And they talked about how ibuprofen, you know, was very, very good for workouts, and, and that it could relieve soreness and Advil was very, very good at workouts. They did mention a little bit of cardiovascular risk and that how turmeric uh, is good for about eight months without any problems, and these things are good for about a week without any problems. And then when they said Tylenol, Tylenol is great because it doesn't cause gastrointestinal problem. And my mouth is dropping open. Tylenol, the acetaminophen, is one of the deadliest drugs in America, the leading cause of liver disease. The other two, and all three of them, in fact, damage proteoglycan production, which is the building block of cartilage. They're not saying anything about that. I mean, it's it's just mind-blowing. Okay, so first, but now we're going to get into the flu shot. It just, I had to vent because the amount of ignorance and either purposely withholding information or just not being aware of it is... Um, I mean, it's literally criminal. So according, okay, to the, and hand sanitizers, now we've done a number of different um, topics before, but hand sanitizers, uh, a new study came out and it found out that if you're utilizing the hand sanitizers to kill the viruses, uh, even if you're washing your hands with that stuff for two minutes, there are still live viruses there. So the CDC, even though they say that the hand sanitizers are great, uh, they're completely off on this, um, on this fact, okay, that the hand sanitizers are actually not that effective and they actually leave a uh, live virus on your hands if you follow the directions, that washing your hands with actual soap and water is better. Um, but, you know, I can't, I can't imagine them going in and, uh, you know, changing their policy. So let's look at the flu, flu vaccine, and, and everything else going on. So when did the flu become so much of an issue? Uh, the universal flu shot, we're going to talk about what um, uh, the White House is now recommending. And why is the growth medium? Because they talk about the universal flu shot, getting away from chicken eggs. So we're going to get into that in detail. And are there more effective ways to strengthen your immune system other than getting the vaccination? And honestly, how effective are flu vaccines? Well, so let's look at the growth medium. Now you cannot isolate a virus and just grow it. Uh, Viruses are well-organized molecular parasites, so they have to grow in something. Now, what they have done for years is viruses go really, really well in eggs. So if you have an autoimmune condition or, or um, have a sensitive immune system from you know, a hypersensitive reaction from the vaccines, we say stay the heck away from eggs. Why? Because if you have viruses, they typically grow in that little tiny hard embryo, the egg. And so what they used to do, or still do, is break a part of the egg off, they put some infected tissue in there, put it on a shelf for about seven to 10 days, and allow that virus to grow. Then they centrifuge off all the chicken bars, or as many as they can. Of course, there's going to be DNA and wild viruses in there, but then you preserve it with, uh, you know, uh, if it's a multi-dose, you're still going to use the thermosol or aluminum to stimulate the immune system. You're going to put some Uh, uh, antibiotics in there, you know, some little things so molds don't grow. And then you inject it in the person. Well, that's labor intensive. So, what they're using now is monkey kidney, dog kidney, aborted human fetal cells, and caterpillar larvae. Now, these are called cell-based flu vaccines. And you can look at it on the CDC website. And they say cell-based refers to how flu vaccine is made. A cell-based flu vaccine is made by growing viruses in animal cells, which is different from manufacturing process used in traditional egg-based manufacturing that is used to produce most uh, flu vaccines. While the production processes are similar, a significant difference in the influence of viruses used in cell vaccines are isolated and grown in cultured of mammalian origin instead of hen's eggs. Okay, so this is literally how the vaccines are made. Now, if you go from the FDA.gov site, in 1954, uh, they had discussions about the development of adenoviruses vaccines for the use of the military. Now, they decided against it because rather than using normal cells like chicken eggs or things like that, um, if you use the immortal cell lines, okay, that these are literally cells from, from immortal cells or oncogenic agents, cancer cells. So these immortal cell lines are now, were, were thought of back in 1954, but they thought it would be bad to inject a cancer cell containing a vi- vaccine into a human being that it might generate into cancer. Um, Quote, this decision was based on concerns about the possibility that human tumor cells might be contaminated with the occult oncogenic agents that might be transferred to the vaccine recipients, an event which might in turn increase the risk of cancer and other neoplastic diseases in vaccinees. So the good news, is that neoplastic cells are immortal, so once they're tested they don't have to be tested again. The bad news is that neoplastic cells can cause cancer and that's harder to get over than the flu. Now, and again, the FDA.gov site, quote, the experience in the early 1960s with the SV40 contamination of the polio virus and adeno and the continuing questions regarding whether the SV40 virus could be responsible for human neoplasms, underscored the importance of keeping viral vaccines free of adventitious agents. Because neoplastic cells survive indefinitely, it's easier to quantify, and bank cells that have passed all of the tests, um, especially as compared to primary cells which are derived from re- repeatedly from live tissue must be requalified with each use. So it's cheaper for the manufacturer and better. Um, it, it, it's th- honest to goodness. This is why they want to use the, the cancer cells. They're going to use post-marketing surveillance to see if they can, if if there is an increased risk of cancer. Now remember, currently, childrens do not have the right in California uh, to say no. Um, I don't like the idea of getting a flu vaccine that has cancer cells in it, and I think there's better ways to do it. Well, that right is being taken away from you. As, as odd as it sounds, America is no longer a free country. Um, and now the adult vaccine schedule is coming up in the next two years. <clears throat> that means that you will be forced to get your annual flu vaccine, along with the other 15 different adult vaccines that are recommended. So this is a pretty horrific time we're living in. Now, if you're looking at the other agents inside of the vaccine, such as aluminum, um, we can look at uh, the, uh, the journal article, Immunology and Cell Biology, 2004, Vaccine Adjuvants and Their Current State of Future Trends. There is also um, concern regarding the possible role of aluminum in neurodegenerative conditions such as Alzheimer's. There is a major unmet need for safer and more effective adjuvants suitable for human use. So the problem is, in the journal article, Current Medical Chemistry, uh, quote, in our opinion, the possibility that vaccine benefits may have been overrated and the risk of potential adverse effects underestimated um, and has not rigorously been evaluated in medical and scientific community. We hope that the, paper, the present paper will provide a framework for the much needed and long overdue assessment of this high quality contentious medical issue. Um, and then you can go on to the Journal of Toxicology that also expands that the aluminum inside of these vaccines uh, are in, uh, has causal factors contributing to the increased rates of autism spectrum. So, and we know Dr. Fundenberg talks about how the flu vaccine, if you get five, five flu shots in a row, your risk of Alzheimer's increases more than tenfold. Uh, so, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, why is, even though we have a plethora of ways, to strengthen an immune system um, the, with the controlled media in our controlled government and a product with absolutely no product liability, um, it, it's being promoted. Now, this is a brilliant article. Now, again, I got this off the National Institute of NationalInstituteOfHealth.gov site, uh, Clinical Interventions in Aging. It was out of 2012. Uh, and I'm just going to read the first part of it. In contrast, observational studies have consistently reported reductions in all-cause mortality for vaccinated seniors due to influenza season." End of quote. That's all-cause mortality. That means the flu shot can prevent slips and falls, it can prevent auto accidents, prevents everything. Okay, it goes on to state, indeed, these studies have indicated that vaccination can be up to 43% effective in preventing influenza and pneumonia and up to 70% effective in preventing hospitalizations for pneumonia influenza for older patients living in an institutional setting. <clears throat> now, the article goes on to state, however, questions have arisen about the quality and interpretation of this data. <laughs> okay, and finally, they get into the real data but of course what you're hearing is only that first sentence out of this article in the media saying yeah they're safe and effective 70% blah 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 get in there okay the article goes on to state quote assuming a vaccine effectiveness of 50% against these winter deaths with no deaths attributed to influenza outside the winter months and the maximum percentage of all cause winter mortality that could be prevented by the influenza vaccine would be about two to five percent. Such changes of such small magnitude in all-cause deaths could easily be missed in ecological and observational studies. Um, Then the article goes on to state, however, the effectiveness of these vaccines decrease with increasing age and among individuals with comorbid conditions. In the absence of randomized controlled trials in the unlikely event, that randomized controlled trials will be conducted with currently licensed vaccines. Additional strategies such as more effective vaccines for older individuals and new vaccines for common pathogens will likely be necessary." Amazing. Okay, so, I mean, just look at it. Figure if if the mortality of a standard flu season is 7.8% in vaccinated people, and mortality of flu season is 9.8% in unvaccinated, and the standard death rate is 4.6%. So, so we could talk, and this is the standard death rate throughout the year, 4.6%. Um, the reality is less than 2% effective. Um, however, what do the, the media say? They take the 4.6 and 9.8 and they say, man, it's 50% effective. Yeah. How many people are really dying? Well, if you look at the CDC, the CDC is not um, keeping statistics on that. But the American Lung Association is keeping track of it. And they say, on average, about 1,244 people die a year from this. And, I mean, if you're looking at children, the ones that were starting to vaccinate... It's an average of 15 people per year, per year, okay, of kids under a year. That's not 15,000, not 15 million, 15. Now, you've got to know there's going to be some type of comorbid conditions there too. And even uh, the Cochrane database, and again, this is off the National Institute of Health, um, they searched... Medline, from 1966 to 2010. So we're talking 30 years of of checking. Um, And what they found was, here, I'm going to flip the page. Um, In relative uncommon circumstance, a vaccine matching the viral circulating and highly circulating strain, 4% of unvaccinated persons would get the flu versus 1% of, vaccinated people would develop flu symptoms. So you're looking around the 3%. The problem is the vaccines cause additional harm. Uh, And they say it's additional of 1.6 cases per million vaccinations of Guillain-Barre. That's permanent paralysis. And you're not gonna get that from not vaccinating. So Guillain-Barre, which is a serious adverse event, can actually, and cause damage. They go on to state that the review show reliable evidence on the influence of vaccines is thin, but there is evidence of widespread manipulation of conclusions and spurious notoriety of the studies. <clears throat> We're going to go over at how um, this is increased, and the reason is because I, I mean, just in the last ten years. We go from it not even be being required at all to have a job to now from 2009 on, they're, they're expanding it to everybody. Okay, it's a homeland security issue that if you're working in an office, in an environment, in a hospital, you have to get it. And why? Because from 2002 to 2009, Julie Gerbening, who was the director of the CDC, um, she went directly after her tenure, and she was the one that was responsible for promoting the flu shot, almost like Chicken Little. The flu is coming. The flu is coming. She now works for Merck, and she sold half of her stocks that she had purchased while she was promoting the flu shot um, for about $2.3 million dollars. And she still owns um, about thirty-one thousand shares of the company. Uh, it's it's crazy. I'm going to bring up a couple of uh, statistics, and it shows that under two years old of age, the flu vaccine is zero percent effective. If you're over sixty-five. It's little to 0% effective. I mean, so little effectiveness to 0% effectiveness. Uh, So why are we recommending it? Well, for profit, for one. Now, we're going to go over a number of different studies to find out. But why um, is there a flu season? Uh, Why is it from September to April? Is this all made up? Yeah, it's like the Hallmark card thing. You know, it's like a lot of those holidays are made up to sell greeting cards. Uh, What about the flu season? It's made up to sell flu shots. And remember, this flu industry or the vaccine industry uh, owns the media and it owns the government, hence the, the, um, uh, the squelching of any secondary opinions. And this is where the censorship comes in. So let's look at actual facts. Number one, uh, viruses live longer in cold temperature. So and also low vitamin D levels. Okay, that also weakens the immune system. Plus, mucous membranes dry out in the cold and, and they don't work as well. Uh, of course, there's going to be a lot of sugar in the wintertime for the holidays. Sugar weakens an immune system and stress increases the immune system response. But what can you do for your own body now? Okay, if you opt out for injecting a toxic, um, cancer-causing agent into your system that's ineffective at preventing the disease, um, and there's no studies, long-term studies, that show that it doesn't pr- produce cancer, even though it's made from cancer cells, let's, let's do something else. First, let's look at fever. For every one degree increase in temperature, the speed of your immune system doubles. So building your fever is a great idea. But look at how your body responds. If you have a person with, say, 103 fever, okay, and they're shivering, give them a blanket. They're trying to heat up. But if they have 103 fever and they're sweating, what are they trying to do? Cool off. So you give them a room temperature bath and just evaporation will will cool them off. The worst thing that you can do is to use an, an antipyretic like uh, Tylenol, Advil, Motrin, Aleve to reduce their fever. Use evaporation, but also use um, observation, because observation will tell you when, um, when it's appropriate to cool them down, when it's appropriate to heat them up. Now, increased mucus production is fantastic because this is why your nose gets, you know, all clogged up, okay? Because mucus production walls off the invader. And in fact, this allows the immune system to initiate their response to knock out the invader. And think of this. If you knock out your um, mucus production of your nasal pharynx and oral pharynx, that virus can go down to the lung and inflame the bronchus. And inflame of the bronchus makes sense because inflammation is how the body heals itself. And this is rushing blood, which is also going to have the immune system. And then look at coughing, diarrhea, sneezing. These are all eliminating the old used-up mucus, the old used-up cells, the, the killed viruses, the killed bacteria, all of that stuff. And then it allows the body to regenerate. And we can look at how acetaminophen, which is linked to chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Uh, We know that according to clinical infectious diseases, do not treat your child's ear infections with antibiotics. Um, Why? Because we have MRSA superbugs now. I mean, we have um, (laughs) uh, 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 antibiotic resistant staff, okay, that are killing up to 100,000 people a year. Now, this is from a mistake we made uh, in the medical world by overprescribing antibiotics. So, no one right now in antibiotics, uh, again, that's a medication that's used in animal feed. Uh, but are we making a mistake with our children by overprescribing the vaccines, you know, 72 doses of 17 different ones? Possibly but those studies aren't going to be done. Why? Because we have a controlled media and they control the government. I mean, look at how brilliant your body is. Your body produces about a quart of mucus a day. Most mucus is clear. In fact, mucus captures small particles before they get to your lungs. The neutrophils break down using all iron-containing peroxidase and literally turning the mucus green. So this means that your body is literally breaking it down. And different bacteria have different colors, like Staph aureus is gold, um, Pseudomonas aeruginosa is blue-green, and they may also be normal flora for your nose. So look at, build the fever. Get your body healthy amounts of vitamin D3. Heck, even vomiting. Vomiting, do, do you know what happens when you're Vomiting. There's about 2,900 causes of vomiting, 2,600 are from drug reactions, and about um, uh, 658 are from drug interactions. So what can you do if you're throwing up or vomiting? Rehydrate, replace your electrolytes, sodium, calcium, potassium, uh, magnesium. Coconut water is one of the best things that you can do if you're vomiting. If you have diarrhea, what can you do? Medicinal herbs for diarrhea, such as charcoal or psyllium seeds or peppermint, all of those are fantastic for um, allowing the body, because diarrhea literally alkanizes the system. Um, Exercise literally helps break down the colds, So regular exercise to ward off or can reduce common cold symptoms. It helps your body move lymph. It helps generate a fever, a temperature. You can use um, uh, saunas. Saunas, remember, for every one degree increase in temperature, the speed of your immune system doubles. Daycare, play groups, cut leukemia. Uh, April 29, 2008, University of California at Berkeley, they reviewed 14 studies on leukemia and kids' social contacts. They found out that if kids played together, okay, in in a crowded environment, that they had less leukemia risks. Why? Because they're working out their immune system. So, I mean, the the bottom line take home is wintertime, you have low vitamin D3 labels. So get your omega-3s, get your D3, get your vitamin C uh, exercise. Your body has an intelligent response and work with it. if you're forced to get a vaccine, okay, realize that they are now made, particularly the neoplastic cell growth medium that they're putting them in, are literally cancer-causing agents. So try and avoid those if possible, if not refuse. We are in the most ignorant um, medical system the planet has ever seen. Our population is sicker. And our generation is, that's now is not going to outlive the the generation that, that brought them into the world. So we need to change this world quickly. This is Dr. John Bergman, your health advocate. God bless you, and I love you.